0: So imagine being on a bus, and just continuing where you left off from your game last night on your Xbox, but now you're playing it on the go. I suspect we're gonna see Project X Cloud announced for devices like the current Apple TV. So you download an xCloud app to your Apple TV, and then you take advantage of the new announcement that Apple made that you can connect over Bluetooth, your Xbox One controller, you open up the app on your Apple TV, And now you're streaming your Xbox games on an Apple TV on another television in your house or at someone else's house. This is game streaming. This is the future. No longer a need to buy a physical console to enjoy the games that that console has to offer. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm your host, Andrew Edwards, editor-in-chief of GearLive.com and host of the GearLive YouTube channel geared up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets and this week We are continuing on the WWDC coverage from last week last week It was all about iOS 13 and Mac OS TV OS and watch OS. But I mentioned we'd have to wait until the next show which is this show to talk about the new Mac Pro So we'll kick off the show with that But we're also gonna be talking about a couple of pieces of news coming out of e3 2019 the two that stuck out to me the most Number one, Project Scarlet, the next generation Xbox console, which is coming at the end of 2020, so just about a year and a half away, and also Project xCloud, which is coming a lot sooner. That's just about four months away and will allow you to play your Xbox games anywhere that you are. So those are the big news topics this week that we will be covering. But before we get into those, one thing I wanted to talk about for just a moment, a gadget I'm very impressed with after spending the past two weeks or so with it, the Ecobee smart thermostat with voice control. This is actually their fifth generation smart thermostat. If you're looking for a smart home device, not just a thermostat, but a smart home device in general, this thing is checking the boxes like no one else and in a way that I didn't even think that a smart home device could check the boxes. So if you're listening to the show, if, you, if you're if you a regular listener to Geared Up, then you're probably someone who is at the very least an early adopter of consumer electronics. And as such, you might have a smart home device, whether it's a smart thermostat, smart lighting, etc. The cool thing about this Ecobee 5, and I did a video on this, youtube.com slash gear live, if you wanna watch the video overview of this device. But it's cool because it's a smart thermostat, so it controls the temperature in your house. You can control it from your phone, you can control it with your voice because it works with Amazon's Alexa service. So if you have an Echo Dot or whatever, you can talk to it. But the thermostat itself also has a mic and a speaker in it, which means it also acts as its own Alexa device, which can control the other devices in your home. So you can basically talk to your thermostat to control the thermostat, but you can also talk to the thermostat to control the other smart devices in your home. On top of that, it also has Bluetooth built-in, so you can use the thermostat to stream music from any service that is supported on Alexa to any Bluetooth speaker that's nearby. If that wasn't enough, you could also use the built-in speaker to have the thermostat itself stream and play music from any service that's supported by the Alexa service. And I'm just kind of quickly going through the features that impressed me as I went through uh, using this device. On top of that, since it has a speaker and a microphone built in, Ecobee also built in the Alexa service that allows you to call any phone number in North America hands-free. So basically, the thermostat on your wall is also a hands-free speakerphone. You can use it to call any phone number in North America, so that's Canada, United States, or Mexico, absolutely free. And when it connects, it uses the built-in speaker and microphone to allow you to communicate with whoever you called. So, that's what I mean by it's a smart home device that's really taking it to the next level and checking a lot of boxes. It's a thermostat, and it works as a thermostat just fine, but it also uses a couple of extra pieces of technology to do even more than any thermostat would be expected to do. So if you're looking for a great smart home device, check out the Ecobee smart thermostat with voice control. Again, you can see my video on it at youtube.com slash gear live while you're there. Feel free to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss future videos as they drop on the channel. I'll also leave a link to the thermostat in the show notes for this podcast as well. Uh, One more thing before we jump into the Mac Pro and E3 news. A bunch of people, and I don't know if they are podcast subscribers or not, but a bunch of people were asking me about the E3 swag bag that I got from Microsoft. There seems to be a lot of interest in what kind of swag people get as creators when they go to these different press events, so I did a video specifically looking at the swag bag that Microsoft gave a handful of us creators after the E3 media briefing was over. So you can check that out over on my IGTV Instagram. My username over there is at Andrew, A-N-D-R-U. Now, without any further ado, let's go into the first story of the week. It is Apple's all new redesigned Mac Pro. Now, the previous Mac Pro, which many people refer to as the Trash Can Mac Pro, due to the way it looks, it looks like a little miniature trash can, if you look at it from the right angle, definitely doesn't look like your average computer. That device was too constrained to be updated. The term Apple used is that they painted themselves into a thermal corner with that design, which basically meant that design would get too hot as it stood. So in order to update it with newer processors and newer graphics cards, it was basically impossible because it was already too hot with the current generation to use that same design and put even hotter components into it. So there was nothing they can do. That last Mac Pro was released, I believe that was released in 2013. So six years ago, six years without a new Mac Pro update. And now at WWDC, Apple finally announced a new one. This is coming this fall. So sometime between September and December Apple brought in a bunch of professionals from the outside world outside Apple moved them into Apple offices where they can continue doing their work but where Apple could observe how they did their work and what they needed in order to do their work faster, more efficiently, etc. And the end result of all this research is this new desktop Mac Pro. Now this machine clocks in at $5,999. I'm gonna give you my thoughts on this, but right off the bat it should be stated, if you heard me just say that this Mac Pro starts at $6,000 and your jaw hit the floor, then this computer is not for you. I've seen so many complaints from just average people saying Apple wants to charge $6,000 for a supercomputer, this is crazy, forgetting the fact that Apple also offers a Mac Mini, a MacBook, MacBook Air, a MacBook Pro, an iMac, iMac 5K and an iMac Pro. Seven other computers to choose from, none of which cost $6,000. You can't make several products all designed for one person, all designed for the same user. That's why they have a lineup of products to reach different demographics. So this is a true pro machine in every sense of the word, and it isn't being targeted at the average consumer or even the prosumer. On the outside, you have the return of the cheese grater look, but it's even more pronounced to a level where if you suffer from trypophobia, you may not even want to look directly at the Mac Pro. Very unique design, but it's got a lot of holes on it on the front and back. And also, by the way, very cool, if you want to see what this looks like, in your own environment, Apple has an AR augmented reality version of the Mac Pro. You just go to the Mac Pro website on your phone and you'll be able to tap on it and then place it into the real world. So place it onto your desk, place it under your desk, see how it looks in the real world. And you can even open up the casing and look inside the Mac Pro. Very cool. If you're into AR or even if you're not, it's worth checking out. It's very, it's a cool experience. Now, as far as connectivity goes on top, right off the bat, you've got two Thunderbolt 3 ports then around back in the default PCIe card that's included. Two more Thunderbolt 3 ports back there along with two standard USB-A ports. Inside you've got an Intel Xeon processor when you can go up to 28 cores on that. Apple says these processors are all gonna run unconstrained at full power at all times due to the cooling system that they have inside the Mac Pro. System memory maxes out at 1.5 terabytes of RAM and again, That's RAM I'm talking about, not hard drive space, so that's insane, 1.5 terabytes of RAM. To give you an idea of how much that is, my current iMac Pro, which is the current top of the line computer that Apple is currently selling today, while people wait for the Mac Pro, this has 128 gigabytes of RAM, which many people think is overkill. So the new Mac Pro is 1.5 terabytes, or 15 times the amount of RAM that I have in my iMac Pro, so again, that is absolutely bonkers. That's also gonna be very expensive if you wanna max out that RAM. There are eight PCI slots inside, with four of them being double-wide to accommodate larger expansion cards. Apple's also launching a new expansion module called the MPX Mac Pro Expansion. This lets you install a system with up to four GPUs, so four graphics cards, with 128 gigs of dedicated HBM2 graphics memory. Then separately on top of that, Apple has another port for something called the Afterburner, which is a dedicated video editing card as well. So we're starting to see all these different options and components allow you to configure the Mac Pro to whatever your needs are. If you're a video editor, you're definitely gonna wanna get that afterburner card. If you're doing 3D modeling, you don't need an afterburner card, but you may wanna get those four GPUs to get that dedicated graphics memory. Not everybody needs 1.5 terabytes of RAM, but certainly some people do. So it's all about being a modular system. Many people are wondering what you get for that starting price of $6,000, though, and right off the bat, I wanna say this is the least value for the dollar. In my opinion, if you're getting the $6,000 Mac Pro, it's specifically because you want to build it out and fill it with whatever components you have or you want or you wanna buy cheaper from somewhere else. You're not buying a $6,000 Mac Pro just to use it the way that it comes configured. For that price, you can just buy an iMac Pro, and it'll be more suited to you and come with a 5K display. But for that $6,000, you get 32 gigs of RAM, an eight-core Xeon CPU, a Radeon 580X graphics card, and 256 gigabytes of storage on the SSD. Now I mentioned if you buy an iMac Pro, you get the 5K display. Apple does make a display for the new Mac Pro. It should be stated right off the bat, you do not need to buy this display to use with the Mac Pro. You can use whatever display you have. So Apple's not forcing you into buying their display. That said, they do have a new display. It's called the Pro Display XDR for Extended Dynamic Range, and this one starts at $5,000. What you're getting is a 6K display that rivals OLED in color accuracy and contrast and can maintain 1,000 nits of brightness indefinitely with a peak brightness of 1,600 nits, which is just incredible. So if you're working in HDR, whether it's photos or videos, this display will be color accurate and contrast and brightness accurate as well. It'll really pop on your desk and it better for 5,000 bucks. Now if you do pick one up, you'll also need to choose between a $200 Visa mount or a $1,000 Pro stand, which is supposed to make the 32-inch display feel virtually weightless, you can even flip it easily into a portrait orientation as well as if you're editing things for Instagram or your Snapchat stories, you can easily do that too. Now, this display is actually competing with displays that cost between $24,000 and $40,000 from companies like Sony. So when you hear that $5,000 price tag and how Apple's trying to compete with these, you can see that this is meant more, again, for the pros out there, and not for just the average person who wants to buy a cool machine. This is definitely a very expensive pro-grade equipment. By the way, that $1,000 stand, I know that does sound ridiculous, but if you were to buy a $24,000 monitor from Sony, that reference monitor also does not come with a stand. The stand costs extra. So this is just par for the course when it comes to professional equipment. So that's the overview of the Mac Pro and the Pro XDR display. I had a few people asking about what configuration I planned on getting if I was getting one. I do plan to get one. I'm looking at a 12 core model with 128 or 256 gigabytes of RAM to start with. I'll use the built-in 256 gigabyte SSD for the operating system. And then I'll likely buy, there's an add-on coming from this company called Promise. They make really good storage solutions. You can buy external drives from them, RAID drives, etc. They are coming up with a 32 terabyte RAID, which means it takes multiple hard drives and then combines them together so that your computer sees them as one drive. 32 terabyte RAID, so I'll have 32 terabytes of storage inside the Mac Pro itself, which will be really helpful for doing video editing for me. I'll also get that afterburner card, which is that dedicated video editing card as well. And I will buy one pro display with the stand and then keep my secondary Dell 8K display as well. Now I don't know how much all this is gonna cost. I do know the display with stand, that's 6,000 bucks right there. And the entry level into the Mac Pro is $6,000. So that's $12,000 right off the bat before any of these upgrades. I'm assuming, and this is just a shot in the dark, that the Mac Pro itself, when I configure it, will probably cost between eight and nine thousand dollars. I could be way off and it could be twelve or fifteen the way I want it configured. I don't think so though, but we'll see. And I may even need to ratchet down a little bit on the upgrades. If you have any questions on Apple's new Pro Hardware, the Mac Pro, the Pro XDR display, feel free to either tweet it at me, at Andrew Edwards, hit me on Instagram, DM me, or leave me a comment over on YouTube. After the break, we're talking about Project xCloud. This is Microsoft's new technology for allowing you to play your Xbox games anywhere you are remotely on just about any device. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental story of the week. Big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. They are the tech savvy car rental company, as you might have seen on stage at this past Google I.O. a few weeks ago. And hey, if you are into business traveling or personal travel, I do another show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, obviously tech and gadgets can make your travels easier, more fun, and more efficient. And in each episode of Technically Speaking, I bring you my pick for the best gear to take with you when you're on the go. If you wanna check it out, you can head over to the nationalcar.com control center or watch them on youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Now on to the National Car Rental story of the week: Project X Cloud. I was able to get my hands on a Project S Cloud demo at E3 after the Xbox Media Briefing ended. What Project S Cloud is? If you're a gamer, a couple of years ago when the Nintendo Switch was released, gamers were able for the first time to get that full gaming experience on the go. So you take your Nintendo Switch with you, but you'll be playing the same console games that you would play at home on your TV play them on the go for the first time no one else had ever achieved something like that until nintendo did it now we're about to take the next step in that evolution with technology like project x cloud and google stadia as well these are streaming services that stream games that are run in the cloud so microsoft has servers of xboxes just running games and then streaming the video of those games to your device as you're on the go. And you don't even have to be on the go, quite frankly. So the demo I was able to play at E3, they had a bunch of Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus units, and you would take an Xbox One controller, and that phone was your display, and you were playing games like Halo 5, Gears of War, etc. The games looked good, the games ran well. It was as if you were playing the full game installed on your phone, but they're not installed on your phone. They're streaming live. So the majority of these phones, I believe there were six phones at the time and the demo station, there were six or eight of them. They were attached to ethernet. So they were playing the games over the internet. The data center we were told was in San Francisco and we were down in LA, but they were plugged into ethernet. And then as the demo got more crowded, they took out a few more of these controllers and the phones and they handed them to people and they were not plugged in to Ethernet. They weren't wired anymore. They were playing on Wi Fi. And again, same thing. They looked great. So imagine being on a bus and just continuing where you left off from your game last night on your Xbox, but now you're playing it on the go. As I said, you don't even need to be on the go because I suspect, now this was not announced, but I suspect we're going to see Project X Cloud announced for devices like the current Apple TV. So you download an xCloud app to your Apple TV, and then you take advantage of the new announcement that Apple made a couple of weeks ago at WWDC that you can connect over Bluetooth your Xbox One controller. So you take your Xbox One controller, you open up the app on your Apple TV, and now you're streaming your Xbox games on an Apple TV on another television in your house or at someone else's house. This is game streaming this is the future, no longer a need to buy a physical console to enjoy the games that that console has to offer. You'll be able to play these games on Android, you'll be able to play them on iOS, you'll be able to play them on Windows, and I expect you to also be able to play them on the Mac as well, again, all through a dedicated app. On these various platforms, take your Xbox controller with you, and you're ready to roll. If you own an Xbox One console, that will stream your games for free to your devices. So that's the benefit of owning an Xbox. If you don't own an Xbox, you can still use Project X Cloud, but you would just end up paying a monthly fee. I assume it's a monthly fee. They didn't, they didn't announce pricing. You're either going to pay a monthly fee or you're going to pay by time. So how much time you spent streaming from xCloud. You're basically using the Xboxes that they have in the cloud rather than using your own xbox microsoft says the xcloud beta starts in october so it's not the final version but it's a public beta so anyone can sign up and join in and give it a try if it matches up with what i saw at e3 in fact it should get better because they still have four more months to work on before the public beta starts it will be very impressive what do you think about cloud gaming though. Let me know again, hit me with feedback over on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. One thing by the way, another video I did this week, if you are an Xbox gamer and you use Xbox Live Gold, you're gonna wanna pay particular attention to this because I talk about how you can turn Xbox Live Gold, which is a $60 a year service, into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Live Gold, Xbox Game Pass for console, and Xbox Game Pass for PC. That is a $15 per month package, and you can get it for three years for the price of the $5 per month Xbox Live Gold. I go into all the details on how it works in a video over on my YouTube channel. Head over to youtube.com slash gear live. You'll see it there. And if you heard about that video here in this podcast, leave a comment on the video itself, letting me know that you heard me mention it on GearDoc. All right, after the break, we are going to be talking about the next generation of Xbox, the next major console release coming from Microsoft one year away. It's Project Scarlet. That's next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I am your host, Andrew Edwards from gearlive.com. And now it's time to talk about Project Scarlet, which was probably the most exciting announcement from all of E3 that I witnessed. Now, I'm not sure how many of you guys who subscribe to or who listen to Geared Up are gamers, but I would definitely consider myself to be a gamer. Even though I don't play games as much as I used to, I don't play them on a daily basis. Basically, I have game consoles connected to every TV in my home. My son's a gamer, I play games in my spare time, probably between two and four hours a week for me these days, so not too much, but still. I enjoy a good game especially new blockbuster titles so when i saw the specs and what we can expect from project scarlet i was immediately excited now it should be stated project scarlet is not the final name of this xbox similar to the previous project scorpio which turned out to be called the xbox one x which is the current most powerful xbox console project scarlet will get its own name, we'll find out about it probably at next year's E3, so 12 months away. So here's what we know about Project Scarlet, or at least what Microsoft has told us so far. It's gonna have a custom designed processor based on AMD's Zen 2 and the Radeon RDNA architecture, which basically means power. In fact, they're saying it's gonna be four times more powerful than the current Xbox One X, which is the most powerful video game console you can buy right now. So the next leap, into the next generation, we're seeing a quadrupling of the amount of power that we're gonna get out of these game consoles. Microsoft also says it's gonna use faster GDDR6 RAM, which is a new type of RAM. You can't even get that in the aforementioned Mac Pro that we just talked about at the beginning of this show. It's gonna be DDR5 RAM in the Mac Pro. So DDR6 RAM, which is gonna usher in resolution and frame rates that we've never seen before on a game console. In fact, Project Scarlet will support 8K gaming. So if you have an 8K TV, which they are on sale now, I actually have one downstairs. I have an 8K 82-inch TV. That's my main TV. But currently, everything that I watch or play on it, with very few exceptions, is upscaled to 8K. So now we'll be able to get native 8K gaming. We're going to get frame rates up to 120 frames per second in games. Hardware-based ray tracing, variable refresh rate support. And Microsoft also is doing something new with the storage inside of Project Scarlett. So it's not disk based, it's gonna be a solid state drive on the inside. But Microsoft says they've created a new generation of SSD where you can use the SSD for storage and you will use the SSD for storage, but the Xbox will also use a portion of that SSD as virtual RAM. So in the unveiling video, they say this boost of using the virtual RAM right on the SSD, which is super fast, in conjunction with that DDR6 RAM should boost performance by over 40 times when compared to the current generation of game consoles. So what this means is, again, this is according to Microsoft, and I'm, I have to see this to believe it, but what Microsoft is saying is, this means game loading is gonna be a thing of the past. They're saying games, disk-based game, well, I guess games aren't running off the disk anymore, they're gonna be running off the SSD, so they're not gonna run off the disk drive. So I guess loading time is gonna be so fast based on this new architecture that they're gonna be nearly invisible, and I, I'm the one who's saying nearly because it's hard for me to believe that just gonna be gone. But that's Microsoft's stance is that gaming load times are going to disappear back to where they were during the cartridge days, which is impressive to say the least. Now it should be said that Sony is also promising with the PS5, which I'm assuming also is gonna drop next year. That's also gonna have 8K graphics, 3D audio, SSD storage, backwards compatibility with PlayStation 4 titles. It'll also use the eight core CPU, also the Ryzen from AMD, and a GPU that supports ray tracing. So very similar idea there in concept now sony's talking about backwards compatibility with playstation 4 titles microsoft is saying that the project scarlet will be able to play scarlet games but it'll also play xbox one games it'll also play xbox 360 games and it'll also play the original xbox games as well so you're getting four generations of games supported on Project Scarlet, which is absolutely mind-boggling. We haven't seen that level of dedicated backwards compatibility on any console ever. So the Xbox Project Scarlet may be the one to provide the most value. Talking launch games, they've announced the first launch title to go along with Project Scarlet, and that's going to be Halo Infinite. So the next Halo game is launching, I'm assuming this game is either going to be in 8K or it's gonna be at 4K, 120 frames per second, or it's gonna allow you to choose. Would you rather play in 8K for the highest resolution, maybe 60 frames per second, or would you rather get the highest frame rate at 4K? I bet that's what we're gonna see in a lot of titles. The user will get to choose which experience is more important to them. There's still a few things we don't know about Project Scarlet. More games that are gonna be launching with it. We don't even know what it looks like, what the controller is gonna look like, or any of that other stuff. Everything that I talked about here is Pretty much all we know. One other thing we do know that I didn't talk about is that Project Scarlet will be able to support current Xbox One accessories. So typically when a new console comes out, let's say you have the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One comes out, that Xbox One is not gonna support the Xbox 360 controller or any other accessories or peripherals that work specifically with the Xbox 360. What they're saying is Project Scarlet is going to support Xbox One controllers, and accessories. So Microsoft has definitely changed its tune from last time when the Xbox One launched. It was almost a disaster because gamers felt they weren't being listened to, and now Microsoft has completely flipped that script, and they've been paying a lot of attention to what gamers have been asking for, what gamers have been wanting, and they're looking to deliver with Project Scarlet. Again, I'm hyped for it. I can't wait. Holiday 2020 is the launch window. Holiday usually means... We're looking at October or more likely, we're looking at a November launch. It'll probably be pre-Black Friday though because anytime someone's launching in November, they usually wanna make sure that whatever they're launching comes out prior to Black Friday because they know people do their Christmas shopping, their holiday shopping on Black Friday and they don't wanna release something after that date because there's a strong possibility that a lot of people have already finished spending their money that they plan to spend on gifts. Let me know what you think of Project Scarlet. Are you as excited as I am? Do I sound ridiculous with my level of excitement? Let me know. Again, on Twitter, I'm at Andrew Edwards. On Instagram, I'm at Andrew, just A-N-D-R-U. And of course, you can always find me at YouTube.com slash GearLive as well. I'll be back next week with even more consumer electronic tech along with the return of Q&A. We didn't have time for Q&A this week. We had a ton of news we had to get through. But Q&A returns next week as well. So if you have any questions you want me to answer on Geared Up send them to me on social media. If you want more of my tech coverage, you should head over to my YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. You can do that over at youtube.com slash gear live. And also, if you're listening to Geared Up, but you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do that in your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, etc. Search for Geared Up, two words, not one, in your favorite podcast app, and you can subscribe there for free. If you like what I do here on Geared Up, please do consider leaving a rating and a review in your favorite podcast directory that really does help out and helps other people find the show as well. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, I appreciate your support. I'm Andrew Edwards, and I will catch you in the next episode.